In this episode of Upward Calling, we look ahead at some plans for 2023. Welcome to Upward Calling. We help Christians develop a relationship with God by talking with University Church of Christ evangelist Josh Creel and Dr. Kenny Embry. Listen as we take a deeper dive on a lesson from a recent Sunday service and help you apply it Monday through Friday. How you doing, Josh? Kenny, I am back in Tampa and happy to be here. How are you, brother? <laughs> I Let me just put this out as an explainer. It has been my fault that we have been basically a couple weeks without an episode, and then all of a sudden, we had two episodes. This semester was a very big challenge for me. I was grateful to get the time off, and I tell you what, the first night, I think I slept for about 22 hours. That was great. I just love that. Probably rivaled some of the weeks that you had as far as how much sleep you would get. (laughs) That's probably not wrong. Well, let me ask you, this year, the conversation that we're going to have is basically talking about some of the things that have happened and some of the things that that are going to happen at university. So this year was a a pretty incredible year. Uh, We had over 30 baptisms. We had a lot of families that moved in, a lot of families that moved out. What are some of the blessings that we can identify from both the growth, but just what happened this year? Yeah, so this is kind of our our year-end wrap-up and also, like you said, looking forward. And for those interested in a timestamp, when when Kenny and I are recording it, today is December the 30th. So Mm -hmm. we are getting this in uh, before the end of the year. And as you said, there's been a lot of change, a lot of growth, and and there's a lot of excitement that comes from that. Yeah, You know, just the... the, um, Groups that that are growing, the the sense, the energy is palpable, uh, and, and so that just kind of breeds further enthusiasm and activity and energy to kind of continue this on. So that's certainly a blessing. But I also say just the members themselves uh, and the different backgrounds, the different perspectives. You know, we've had members that have moved here from you know Oregon, uh, and, and so you know they. They certainly have had uh, different experiences on the West Coast as you know maybe we would have here in Tampa, yeah. uh, and so they have, have brought in an appreciation uh, for a lot of the things they're able to do here now. Uh, and certainly, as you come to understand and get to know some of these uh, that have come from the community and uh, see their faith and their desire to serve the Lord, uh, that just you know breeds enthusiasm and excitement, and um, you know it's. I think one of the reasons why when you when you read these accounts in, in say the book of Acts and, and you've got you know so much growth early on in the church, well, growth will breed growth. And mm-hmm. I hope that will certainly be the case for us. But of course that means that we can't drop the ball and we can't get lax or we can't um just you know be comfortable where we are. We've still got work to do for the kingdom. Exactly right. There is a, a challenge to this. The, the the challenge with growth is we often feel comfortable. We get to the point where we're thinking, oh, wow, 30 baptisms. Let's just settle down a little bit. I mean, we don't even have places to park. We don't have any right. places to sit. So now we can just kind of ease off the gas. What are some of the challenges that come with growth like this? Well, that is one. And we've got to, we don't want what the Lord said about the church at Ephesus to be true of us. We don't right. want the Lord to say, hey, you have left your first love. And and not Mm -hmm. that we wouldn't still be active in teaching truth, but we're here working for him. It's his church. 
And the more souls we can bring to his church, the more glory he receives. That's our purpose. That's our call. We are to bring glory to God in Christ. He's our head. So that that's certainly one of the challenges. And the, the other challenge, certainly, and I think this is something we are going to try to focus on a good bit throughout this coming year, is more integration. Uh, again, that's a, a challenge you find right there in the early church. Uh, really, the the first great challenge of the early church was how do we integrate different people into the group? And so you had right. this issue found in Acts chapter six uh, about you know some of the widows who were of a different background were being ignored, and so you've got to find a way how do we serve them, incorporate them into the whole. Right. Well, we have some who come here and they have entry points. You know, they have friends or family that that. Uh, are already members here. And so that can provide them an entry point to get to know others. But we have others who, you know, just they move here or they come and visit and, and they're taught the gospel. They don't know anybody. Uh, they may know the person who, who taught them the gospel, but that, that may be it. Mm-hmm. Well, what's their entry point? Um, you know, it can't, JP can't be the entry point for every single person. <laughs> it's just not feasible for, for JP. I mean, it's not feasible for any one person to, to be able right. to do that. So the challenge then is how do we integrate everybody into one family together so that we can understand the needs that exist and grow together and serve each other? And I think that's going to be uh, a challenge that we're going to look to tackle um, uh, throughout this coming year. Uh, Kenny, do you see others that maybe I, I missed out there? No, I, th- I think what you're talking about there is that that challenge of of getting people hooked into a culture and basically not only having them accommodate to the culture, but also help create the culture. Uh, one of the things that you know about, and I'm not a sports guy, you don't have to look at me for long to figure out I don't care one whit about sports, much less football or any of them. But that said, great coaches, when they come into a team, both inherit a culture that's there but intentionally take on a vision for a culture to say, this is where we're going to go. This is how we're going to change this to be not just a team that plays, but a team that plays together and wins games. And it's not that we're trying to win a game, but the argument that I would make is if you don't have an intentional uh, direction that you're trying to go, you'll never know if you get there. Great coaches figure out how to make great teams. And again, we're not going to be playing Temple Terrace or any of those, but we are looking to be a family of God that leaves no one behind. Right. That that helps people grow up in the Lord because that's what a family does. So I, I think that's that's very important. And I think what one of the things that you're talking about there is I think one of the things you recognize within any team, you often basically get some people that help people understand the, the the fundamentals and another group of people that help older Christians become uh, better at what they do. And then reasons that the older Christians would reach out to the younger Christians, that a family is a very complex system and you need to understand it and treat it that way. Does that make sense? It does. And, and you know, a lot of what you're getting at is going to be significant to our next point because you're, you're talking about leadership. Yes. And, you know, this is this is something that the elders at university are, are very cognizant of. You know, they, they, they certainly rejoice over all the good work, but they, they see the challenge. And so they, they know there's a lot of good 
people, good brothers and sisters at university that want to help, but how do you direct those efforts and that energy to actually produce the desired result, which of course in this case is bringing everybody together as part of a family. And that, that does require leadership. That requires some oversight to, to make sure that plans are in place. And I hate to even use terms like this, but even processes in place to, oh, yeah. to when someone comes in, here's how we get them integrated. Uh, it, it'd be nice if, you know, you know, a small group has probably the, the benefits of, okay, you're a small group. Someone comes in, you know who that is. You, you just, you visit with them and you, you bring them in. Okay. Well, that works in a large group some of the time, but it doesn't work all the time because it would just always be those who fall through the cracks. And that's where the leadership's coming in here and trying to put processes and plans in place so that that doesn't happen. Yes. Are you familiar with, with atomic habits by any chance? I am familiar with, I am not well versed in. <laughs> well, the, 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 the author of, of it is named uh, James clear. And one of the things that he talks about is uh, among other things, uh, we are not usually uh, goal centered. We are usually process centered. In other words, when it's a habit that you've, that you've actually kind of started, that's what you will maintain versus there's that goal that you want, but what are you going to do Monday morning? Well, it's the habits that you do every Monday morning. Are you going to get any closer? It depends on if you developed habits that are going to get you closer to that goal. Does that make sense? Do you understand what I'm saying? I absolutely understand what you're saying. But if you understood football and knew about the great Nick Saban, the coach at Alabama, you'd know that's exactly what he does. But we're going to move on from this because we don't want anybody to turn, turn this podcast off right now. <laughs> that's exactly right. So you did mention that we're going to be talking about leadership. What are some ideas that, you, that you've thought about when it comes to this idea of leadership? Yeah, so this is going to be um, what we're going to call a theme for 2023. Uh, 2022, we, we talked about the remnant, but really that was more of a, a preaching theme. We didn't really do a lot with it. Uh, we... Um, you know, we I had sermons, and that was pretty much what the theme was for 2022. And this year, we're going to look at lessons from Jesus uh, being led by the Lord uh, about leadership. And, and certainly that's going to have some uh, application to congregational leadership. But we're really looking at this from the standpoint of, of all aspects of leadership. If you're a parent, you're a leader. Uh, if yeah. you are in well, an employer and many times an employee, you will find yourself in, in leadership positions. Uh, you may be a, a leader as a teacher. You may be a leader simply as a peer, uh, you know, and among your peers. So we're going to look at leader leadership from Jesus and, and looking at it in all these aspects. There's going to be some sermons uh, about this, but we're going to take some of our uh, neighborhood devotional discussions and, and turn those into uh, discussions about leadership. Kenny, you and I are talking about, you know, trying to devote some of the episodes of this podcast into further examining ideas of leadership and not just tying it to a, a sermon and even maybe bringing in other people to, to talk about yeah. some of these things. And, and we have the uh, ability and opportunities, you know, throughout the year on, on Sunday nights, maybe we'll do some, some breakout sessions or we'll do uh, some special speakers that, that deal with this. So we're going to look at leadership 
uh, from a variety of ways, I hope in this coming year, because it is so important. Um, you know, we, the first thing we're really going to look at as far as a sermon, and this will be in a couple of weeks, we're going to look at why biblically leadership is, is so necessary and it's needed. And right. I think all of us, when we, when we kind of see the status of our world, we kind of see, yeah, when, when, when good leaders are in place, things seem to run a lot better. And, and when bad leaders are in place or leaders that are only self- interested in self, things get, uh, things get messed up in a hurry. So yeah. that's going to be our, our theme for 2023. Uh, that doesn't mean we're going to have sermons every month because we're not, uh, but we're certainly going to try to emphasize it on a, on a fairly frequent basis and in a few different avenues. We have talked about this specifically for the podcast. One of the things that uh, I'll, I'll be very transparent about this. I am very excited about the influencer economy because I think one of the things that happens is that people start recognizing that they can persuade people to do something. Whether you're going to be a good influencer or an influencer for good or an influencer for, for lack of a better term, evil, that is entirely up to you. How do you want to influence those around you? Because influencers are leaders that they lead people to make decisions. And I, I think one of the things you're talking about there is not just elderships, not just deaconships, but how do you influence those who are around you, your family, your friends? How do you influence them in ways that make them better? And we've never had more opportunity to do that. You see what I'm saying? I do. I tell you, I don't know how I'm going to work this in this year, but at some point in 23, I'm going to do a lesson or maybe even a couple of lessons on Aquila and Priscilla. Two, I I don't think you can do anything but call them leaders in the early church, but never with a title. Right. Uh, To my knowledge, you know, uh, Aquila was never um, uh, an elder. Maybe, maybe he was, but I don't know. He's never, never referred to as such, never referred to as a preacher. But right. he and Priscilla influenced and taught and, and were such an effect on the various works they were a part of. And that's exactly what you're talking about. They're, they're, they're not the people with a title in the church. And yet Paul referred to them so many times and for good reason. It was the influence they had. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could talk about Epaphroditus. You could talk about Demas, somebody who at one time was was an important influencer for good and then fell away. I mean, the fact of the matter is we know so little about what what went on in the first century. There are a few names that we know, but my goodness, those people changed lives. And you are exactly right. So I, I appreciate you taking on this idea of, of, of leadership and not just titled leadership, right? But, but people who influence others to do something that is good. All right. Let me ask you this. Are you going to be preaching this Sunday? I am. You are. Yeah. I'm what here. Are you be I'm talking back, about? Kenny. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> Kenny is January 1st. What else are we going to talk about? We're, we're going to talk about resolutions, my friend. Oh. <laughs> Of course. Okay. No. So this Sunday, um, 
we'll do things a little bit differently. Uh, we are going to, we're, we're titling the lesson, The Resolutions of the Righteous. And it's going to be mm-hmm. taken from Psalm 1, which is not a psalm about resolutions, but certainly does um, contrast the way of the righteous and the wicked. We're going to look at three resolutions that that psalm has in place. And we're also, uh, I think, fitting uh, again the first of the year. We're going to spend some time in prayer, and three of our elders, uh, shepherds, are going to lead us in prayers uh, during the the sermon. So we'll we'll talk about a resolution, and we'll have a prayer, and another resolution, and a prayer, and and the third resolution in prayer. So I think it'll be a a great way to get uh, 2023 kicked off. Uh, We, being God's family, gathered together, looking at the Word of God. And, and going to God in prayer and, and hopefully setting our, our thoughts and our minds on on these kinds of spiritual uh, resolutions that we we ought to make for the coming year. Sounds good. Let me ask you just as as a, a way of talking about resolutions, have you is there anything you're going to try to get done? Any way you're going to try to grow this year, Josh? You know, I, I have actually sat down and, and thought about that a, a decent amount this this past week. Um, I don't think I have anything earth shattering to share. It's probably a lot of, you know, kind of the same thing everybody thinks about this time of year. And it's, it's the things I think about every year and you get kind of caught up in the year and, and the goals you had in mind, you know, didn't pan out and you, you kind of fell back into some bad habits. But, yeah. you know, I want to spend more personal one-on-one time uh, with each of my sons. You know, it's one thing to carve out family time, but I, I need yeah. to make sure that you know, each one is getting his individual time. And certainly my wife, she deserves that, that kind of individual time too. Um, I, I've been working on my, my list of books to read. Uh, that's, you know, probably listing more than I'm actually going to read, but I'm, I'm certainly <laughs> going to make an effort uh, this year uh, because I just find that, you know, the more I am reading and certainly true reading the word of God, um, you know, that just kind of, makes the creative uh, activities a little easier when you when you stop and you start thinking about, okay, what are the things that we need to talk about on Sunday? What are the, the things that, you know, should be discussed? Well, if you're bringing stuff in, taking stuff in, it certainly helps to then put stuff out. And so that's, that's certainly a goal, you know, being more fervent in prayer uh, and having more focused times in prayer and, you know, even just kind of saying, okay, at, at this time I'll pray for this, at this time I'll pray for this. You know, as opposed to just the kind of catch-all prayers, where okay, I'll, I'll pray, and, and so I prayed, and I, I kind of prayed for everything. Well, <laughs> you don't read a whole lot of those kinds of prayers in the Bible. All the prayers in the Bible were were generally focused on something. So yeah. I, I kind of had that as a as another goal, some an area I can continue to grow in. So again, probably the same kinds of things that most people think about. Those are the the same kind of things that I'm working on this year. What about you, Kenny? There's a lot that I. I always bite off a little bit more than I can chew. Two or three years ago, I devoted every Friday night to my wife. And that that just became something that we do. And we just kind of expect Friday nights. And that has paid me a lot of dividends. My relationship with my wife improved considerably. Doing the same thing with my kids, I would like to do that more with my kids like you're talking about. But one of the things that, that, I've, that I'm kind of getting interested in uh, on the other podcast this this last time, I recorded the book of Luke. And one of the things that a, a buddy of mine, his name is Wes McAdams, said was, you will be surprised 
if you will take the time to sit down and read out loud each book of the Bible in one sitting. He said the advantage to doing that is you will start seeing the themes come together. And I tell you what, one of the things that when I read the book of Luke, took me three and a half hours to do, but I began to, to, to notice some patterns that when we just take Luke chapter two, then next week, Luke chapter three, you weren't going to find them that way. You had to sit there and, and read the entire thing. So I think one of the things that I'm thinking about doing is just sitting down and reading each one of the books in one sitting. You know, I saw, a, I saw a chart on that not that long ago. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if you, you, you can, you said Luke, that would probably be the longest New Testament book. That would take you about three hours, a little more than three hours. Three and a half hours. Loud. Took me three hours, three and a half hours. I know Psalms would be, you know, longer than that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's certainly one of those things that there's not a book in the Bible you can't read in a day or even in one sitting. You know, we can, we can take any other book and read two or three chapters at a time. Right. The, the Bible, you know, can be read that way as well. Should be read yeah. that way. Well, you know, that, and that's the, that's the beauty when you have a, a lifelong relationship with a text. Uh, it doesn't make any difference that you know how the how the thing ends up. The crucifixion of Jesus is going to happen in each one of the gospels. That's the end of that. You know, that's that's where they're going to end with the resurrection. But it, it's the important part is not the end of the story. It's the story as it unfolds, and that that's something that I really appreciated. So I, I'm kind of looking forward to that. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm totally with with recording these. I'm sorry, yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. No, that, that sounds great. So sounds anyway. Great. All right. So now we know what you're going to be talking about this next time. So anyway, why don't we talk about that next week? Sounds good, Kenny. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to get to know us more, you're welcome to watch a live stream service or join us in person at the University Church of Christ in Tampa, Florida. The sermon we referenced in this episode is in the show notes. We have all our information at universitychurchofchrist.org. Until next time, God bless you in your walk with God.